We celebrate you, Lord Jesus. We honor you tonight. Receive all our, all our praise and worship and thanksgiving and adoration in the name of Jesus. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' name. All right. You're welcome tonight. Um, amen. Um, praise the Lord. In a wonderful week. Very interesting week. Well, we thank God. Um, tonight we will continue this series on living on purpose, uh, part two, and we're looking at making strategic plans. Uh, Sunday we talk about focus, uh, trying to eliminate distractions so that we can focus on the main thing, so that we don't we don't major in minor and then minor in majors. Uh, so we want to be able to focus on the things that are vital to our destiny. So tonight I want to take it a bit further uh, because one of the things that focus helps you to do is to be able to have a plan. Uh, They say if you don't plan, you plan to fail. Uh, Plan is very, very important, especially strategic uh, plan. And why I call it strategic plan is because uh, you know, we're looking at it from the Word of God tonight, and we're looking at a plan that we get from the Lord uh, that we are able to walk with based on where we are and where God is taking us. Uh, so it's not just any plan, you know, it's not just copying what somebody else is doing and saying, I want to do the same thing too. It's specific. Uh, plan that God has for your life. Uh, the purpose of God for your life, you discover that, all right? You zero in on, okay, this is it. And then what are the plans that you need to put in place as you wait on the Lord that God has revealed that we need to execute for us to carry out the assignment? And, you know, in the course of the teaching, we'll see uh, different people that God gave uh, different instructions to and how uh, they were able to, you know, have a plan for it and carry it out. Because if God gives you an instruction for something, uh, you still need to do it. Uh, if you don't do it, it doesn't just get done. Hallelujah. So quickly we'll go to Luke 14. Luke chapter 14, uh, verse 28 to 31. So that's our, uh, our text for this uh, study. And also we'll read Jeremiah 29, 11. Anyway, anytime you talk about planning, <laughs> you have to talk about Brother Jeremiah. And um, all right, so quickly let's go to Luke 14, 28 to 31. I'll, I'll read that. It says, For which of you intend to, to build a tower does not see them first? And count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. A walking going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him 
who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Uh, Jesus Christ here was talking about, about planning. He was talking about the importance of planning. Um, you don't start a project when you know that um, you don't even know how to go about it. Uh, we'll see the how important plan is. Jeremiah 29, 11. Okay. So God said, I know the plans that I have for you. So, and a future. God has a plan. And if we go to Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16, we'll see that our life was even planned even before we were born. Before we even breathe, we say, mwah, mwah, mwah. you know, like babies will cry when they are, they are born. Uh, even before we were conceived, God already had a plan. Hallelujah. Uh, so, I said the key to planning is focus. So we talk about focus, uh, the other one. So asking God for direction will culminate in us receiving the instructions which we require some planning. For its execution. As we listen to God's heartbeats, may we receive the divine strategies to a world of possibilities in Jesus. So let's read Proverbs 13 16. Um, anybody with Living Bible? Let's read it from the Living Bible. Uh, Proverbs 13 16. Yes. Proverbs 13 16. The Living Bible. Anyone? Okay, you have Sixteen. Sixteen. thirteen, sixteen. Is that the Living Bible? Oh, is it? Uh, okay. Oh, is, is there one Living Bible? No. Okay. Yes. No, I want us to read from the Living Bible. I read from another That's what I That's not what. Proverbs 16. That's 16, Living Bible. That's New Living Translation. No, the Living Bible. TLB. No, no, no. I have it in the room if you want it. Or you have it. No, no, let me just. Uh, TLB. TLB. Yeah, they don't normally put it in the normal Bible thing. TLB. Oh, no. TLB. You won't, they, oh. don't put, they don't add it as part of the translation. No, it's not. They don't add it. Most of them. Mm. Alright, let me. I'll search for it and I can just prove out. Prove out 13, 16. TLB. Oh, anybody have it? No. Alright. Okay, 
He said, a wise man thinks ahead. A fool doesn't and even brags about it. A wise man thinks ahead or plans ahead, but a fool doesn't. And even brag about the fact that he doesn't plan. <laughs> you know, he brags about it like, oh, we don't plan. You know, we just live our lives anyhow. You know, and uh, it's very sad. Well, so here, quickly, let's look at planning makes vision a reality. You know, there's always talk about vision, 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 vision. Okay, if you have a picture of where you think or you, you, know, you know God is taking you, how do you get there? How do you get there? There must be a plan. Planning gives highs to your vision. God has a master plan before creation. From the accounts, each day had a specific task assigned to it. If you notice that every each day of creation, God did different things. But if you go to Genesis 1.26, you see how, where God say, He called a meeting. So they had a plan. Let us create man in our image after our likeness. There was a plan. And I believe that all the things that now happen, day one, day two, till day six, when God finished everything that he had to do, everything was in the plan. And so, God is our father. All right? I know that after the fall, then there was now so much, you know, we lost our position and all that, but redemption has restored us back to what God originally created us to be. And so now it's important because we have the same uh, capacity, we have the same ability to be able to uh, also plan and execute. Hallelujah. So each day had a specific task assigned to it, and because of the clarity, it was executed to perfection. And Bible, because you will see that at the end of it, I say, God looked at everything and it was good. Genesis 1 verse 31 said, God looked at everything he created, it was good. Mm-hmm. Why? There was a plan. There was a plan. So it wasn't like God just woke up one day and said, let's just do something. There was a plan before he did that. Philippians 1 verse 6, let's read Philippians 1 verse 6. There's a plan for our lives. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus is born. God, who began a good work in you, is able to finish it until the day of his appearance. So he's able to finish what he has started in us. So we can't just put our hand and say, you know, uh, and just say, well, you know, we often say, oh, God is in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's the almighty God. Nobody's doubting that. But do you know that whatever become of our life is our responsibility? If you don't do anything about it, nothing's going to happen. But we know that the almighty God, who has brought us this far, will keep helping us in Jesus' name. Amen. You cannot live your life to chance or guesses. Wise men plan ahead. Wise men plan ahead. But fools make excuses. Mm. 
wise men plan ahead. You understand? When we were growing up, there was a, a word I, that, that was very common. Then they say, you have to plan for the rainy days. Plan for the rainy days. You know, save for the rainy days. We often hear that then. Oh, you have to plan for the rainy days that, you know, there is going to be a time where, uh, you know, you might need something. But, and if you don't have a plan, then there is nothing to fall back on. Hallelujah. There's nothing to fall back on. Um, I was listening to somebody who was preaching was it some, maybe two months ago, and he was saying that even when you, when you spend all the money that comes in, into your hand, whether weekly or monthly or daily, <laughs> yes, the person will soon be in trouble. You know, there must be a plan. There must be a, you know, a spiritual plan. There must be a financial plan. There must be a marital plan. There, you know, there must be a plan. Because there's no plan, you'll find out at the end of the day, there are consequences to lack of planning. Planning gives you intensity and focus. Do you know that when, when Joseph had the dream that he had, that God showed him, in his mind, he pictured himself becoming what he saw. And so you will see that along the line, he behaved himself wisely. If there was no focus, if there was no plan, to like, this is what God showed me, this is the plan of God for my life, there wouldn't have been that focus and intensity for him to say, you know, I'm not going to sell being a prime minister, being a distinguished person for just messing myself up with this woman. It helps you to filter through distractions and other inhibitors. Because if you don't have a plan, people will bring their own plans to you. They will bring other plans to you. And they will sidetrack side you. There are so many distractions all around us in the world today. Because you see, you see people who have a plan, who have embraced the plan that God has given them, you see that they don't waste time. As a matter of fact, they don't even have enough time in a day. So when you, when you see somebody who is saying, ah, I have so much time, I don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> they don't have a plan. Yeah. If you have a plan, I'm telling you, everything will like, there's no time to waste. And that's why it's important for us to have a plan. We're going into 2019, we need to have a plan. Now we need to take time. You know, it might be a day, you know, it might be a few hours, whatever it is, we need to take time. Even just one hour a day, 30 minutes a day, we need to set time aside and really, really seek God so that God can speak to us what, you know, in our current season and in the season to come, what are the things God wants to do in us and through us so that we have a focus, so that we're going into the need. We're not just wasting our time. We already know what we're doing. Because there's really no time to waste, brethren. There is no time to waste. The clock is ticking. It's ticking like every second. It's ticking and it's ticking and it's ticking. We want to make him part. Glory be to God. That is the will of God for us. To be people of influence. You know. But there must be a plan. Because if we don't have a plan, then what are we working to us? What will be the motivation? What will be the drive? What will be the passion? Something that can take us forward and say, you know what, this is it. We're going for this. Because if, if we don't have a plan, then 
I don't know. Life is just somehow. Do you know why? Why people will be depressed? Why they don't want to get out of bed? Because there's no plan. If they have a plan for their life, <laughs> they won't stay. People have, the moment when it's still dark, they're already on their feet, ready to go. Ready, walking towards the plan. Because, because if you don't have a plan, then what do you walk? And it's in walking the plan, then that you become the plan. There's a manifestation of the plan as you begin to walk the plan. A day plan is a day gained, and a day of plan, a day on plan, is a day lost. You know, we must be able to plan our day. You might even start by planning one hour. Then say, you know what? I want to plan one day. And then, oh, Lord, you help me, I'll plan a month. I was listening to John Maxwell. Just man says, well, he said he planned every 90 days. So if you call John Maxwell now and say, John Maxwell, I want to I invite you to come and speak at our conference in six months. Let's say today is the beginning of his plan. John Maxwell is going to tell you in six months, I don't know if I'll be able to come. But let me see what happened after 90 days. Every 90 days, that's his plan. He planned for every 90 days. But before he got there, he started from somewhere. And so we can start from where we are and then begin to make progress. Hallelujah. And you know what? I find out that some of these things happen, plan what God wants you to do and all that. It, it happens by the time we begin to spend time with the Lord. Five minutes, ten minutes, you begin to journal, you begin to write down, and God begins to speak to your heart. And then from there, begin to give you ideas. And then before you know it, you know, you begin to uh, get more and more and more and more. Planning establishes the end from the beginning. It energizes your faith in the possibility of your dreams. Let's read Proverbs 24, 27. Proverbs 24, 27. Build your house. What do you do? You develop. <laughs> All right. Let, let's let's see. I'll read it again. Thank you. Proverbs twenty-four twenty-seven. Put first things first. Prepare your work outside and get it ready for yourself in the field. And afterward, build your house and establish it. So what is trying to say? Let's arrange things. In the sequence to which first and first, second and second, third and third, that is what? Planning. That is being strategic. Like they said, you can't put the, you know, the horse before the cow, cow before the which, whichever one. You don't want to put what should be behind in front and put what should be in the front behind. You're not going to get the desired results. So it, this is important. You know, we don't want to get into the new year and then make new year resolution and within we we go for it. Everything is, is flown through the out of the window. When you have a plan, and as you begin to work the plan, you begin to see the benefits, it's very difficult to give up on the plan. And that was why somebody like Noah was able to build the house for one hundred and twenty years. 
120 years. That's a lifetime for Noah to build the ark. But because of the plan, because I can't imagine 120 years, you can imagine every day going on and the naysayers saying, hey, he has never read. Look at this fool, old man, fool. We're going to see all these things you are saying. Nothing's going to happen. You're just wasting your time. Year one. Year 10. Year 15. 20. 50. 75. 70. 100. Wow. Even at year 119, they will still be saying, Look at you. Making fun of him. But then what happened? At year 120. The plan. And then based on the fact that he completed the first phase, God brought the rain. I mean, he completed it, took in the animals, two by two. God brought the rain. And then for 40 days, it was pouring down. It became a huge flood. And then the same ark floated. After 40 days, do you know the ark floated for one year before the flood? The water subsided a whole year. You see how important a plan is. Hallelujah. It's important. Lack of planning will rob you of precious promises. Do you know how many people that God give them wonderful plan like okay, this is it, and they just refuse to work it. God instructed them, this is what I want you to do. But they just refuse. They just like lack of planning will waste your time and resources. If you don't have plan for your money, you're gonna waste it. You're gonna waste it. If you have your day plan, for example, now nobody will waste your time really. If somebody calls you on the phone and they are getting too long on the phone, you you will just excuse them. And, oh, I'm sorry. I I think I need to call you back. <laughs> well, I'll call you back when I have time. I, you know, just I'll, I'll call you back when when I have time. It might be in three days. <laughs> There's someone now who has been calling me for some days now, and I was like, "Okay, you call me, you send me an email. I already responded to your email. Answer the question you left on voice me. I don't have time to engage you on the phone right now because you are trying to sell me something." That I'm not, that I want to, you see, the thing is that when you have a plan, you do things on your own terms. <laughs> you understand now? People don't just push, they don't, they, people don't put things, you put things on your own terms. You determine what to do, what you do, what you don't do. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to call you back for what? Waste two, three, four, five minutes of my time talking what? For the response. So it's important. When we see life in time of seconds, not just days or weeks or months, when we see like, okay, every second is important, second become minute, minute become hour, hour become days, days become weeks, weeks become months, months become years, years become decades, and decades become centuries. When we see life in seconds, then it's important. Every second is important. Many have lost God-inspired ideas due to procrastination that is rooted in lack of planning. 
lack of planning if you check my phone here i have a reminder and each day there are things i'm supposed to do for each day the week start these are the things i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm supposed to make this phone call i'm supposed to send this email i'm supposed to go here i'm going to go there. so i have that i have things under control i look at my everything this week and i say okay Today, I'm only able to go to the gym for 30 minutes. And I went to the gym for 30 minutes, and I walked out for 30 minutes, did uh, 200 and whatever calories, and I was out. When I got by my wife, was like, I told her I did 30 minutes. She was like, why did you do 30 minutes? I said, because that was what I planned to do. <laughs> I, I mean, it's my time. I can plan. You understand what I'm saying? Because I wanted to do other things. And I know that I can't afford to give 45 minutes or an hour to working out today. You, you, you see how planning. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, by the time I get to a particular point in time, in, in the course of the day, I was able to relax for this evening so that I'm fresh. So it's important. Hallelujah. That's one of the reasons why people get stressed. God, you can stretch yourself. We don't have to be stressed. So God has not called us to a life of stress. Mm-hmm. But when we have a plan, we see that there are so many things because stress comes because of added pressure. And some of those pressure will be avoided mm-hmm. with good planning. Because of our commitment. That's one of the things. We over, sometimes we overcommit. I do it too. But you see, always remember that if you cannot carry yourself, you cannot give yourself to anybody. If you, if you, for example, God forbid, you are not able to do certain things, maybe you're not feeling too well, you cannot. cannot give yourself. Amos 3.7. So plan is like a magnet that draws you towards your destiny. It pulls you towards your destiny. Amos? Anybody to read us, to help us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so now what does the servant do with the secret? <laughs> Eat cheeseburger and hamburger with it. Or now the servant now say, this is this word of the Lord. Because if you see what God said to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 1, he said, you know, whoever I send you to, you will go. Whatever I ask you to do, you will do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So not only do you now have, uh, do you, not only does planning make vision a reality, it's also important for us to understand that we need to write it down. We need to write down the plan. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, it says, write down the vision, make it plain. That is that runs, is able to read it. And I picture it like, you know, you see a billboard. If you are running and you're able to read what is on a billboard, for example, you must really, really be, you must be very bold. And that's exactly what Abakok wrote there. But you notice that he was waiting on the Lord before God spoke and said, write down the vision. So you need to write it down. Some of us, we have plan, and we have the plan on our head. No. 
You have to transfer it from your head onto paper so that it can be in your heart. Don't just have it on your head. No. When you write it down, it gets into your heart. And once it's in your heart, guess what? It will come out of your mouth. And then from your mouth, guess what? You will hold it. For real. There will be a physical manifestation. Abakuko encourages us to write down the vision. This is called planning. You have a vision from God, great. But you need to write it down. Where do you see yourself one year from now? No matter how brilliant your plans may be, you won't accomplish much without writing it down. When you write down your plans, you are able to review it. You are able to pray over it. You can't pray over it in your head. And I notice that when you write it down, guess what? You begin to attract the resources that you need for it to become a reality. You know, I mean, you hear of people that are not even Christian. They write down the plan, put it in their pocket, take it everywhere they go. Like the goals they set. Five, you know, some of them have five items on, you know, their goal. They take it with them everywhere. So they meet somebody now. They can, oh, so what, what is your goal for the year? I want to do it. Let's even see opportunity, you know, present itself now. For that plan, for somebody to help, you know, make it a reality. And they now begin to ask you and you begin to, there's no clarity. Because when you write it down, it, it helps you to be able to clarify things. Amen? Hallelujah. The human brain is designed to remember what we write down and go over from time to time until you can remember it in detail without looking at it. My wife does something. Uh, the, our main goals for the year, she will write it for 30 days. She writes it every day for 30 days. And she's done that now for, I remember, for two years now. Uh, that I can remember, two or three years. And do you know that? Everything. Even my own for this year now. Everything has been ticked. Why? Wrote it down. Hmm? She did for 30 days. She write it every day for 30 oh, days. And then you memorize. Is that is is the thing that Brian says? You write write it down every day for thirty for the first thirty days. You write it down. The same. You don't look back. Like like you don't look back at yesterday's notes. Today you write it down again. Tomorrow you have to try and remember all the goals. You write it down for the first thirty days. So if you don't remember, write the ones that you remember. So you have if if they are important to you, you remember them. So over time you can remember. Without even looking at where you wrote it down. So if opportunity presents itself, and somebody say, what is it you want to do? You can engage them and let them know this is it. And you know what? When you know what you... I mean, when we meet people and they know their stuff, we even say, oh, this guy knows his stuff. When they know their stuff, I mean, you listen to them. You, they engage you because they are intense. Some people will say they are intense. They are intense simply because they know what they are doing. But if you are not intense, you don't want to invest in something that the person 
who has the vision does not even understand or is not even passionate about. So I believe by the grace of God, uh, these are some of the things we're going to, I believe she was going to help us to do maybe like a goal setting seminar and stuff like that so that we can get all these basics. Because we need all these basics. You know, all these practical steps from the word of God that can help us so that we're taking territories, we're taking things that belongs to us and we're moving. Hallelujah. Supernatural army. Hallelujah. So let's look at some examples. Yeah, I won't really go into this because of our time. Some biblical examples of strategic planning. God. God did it. We talk about Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Let's read Isaiah 37 26. Quickly. I have um, about 8 more minutes. <laughs> uh, so God did it. Isaiah, Isaiah 37 26. Is God speaking to somebody tonight? Mm-hmm. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Hmm. Hallelujah. See that God said I planned this long time ago. God is a planner. God said I planned this long time ago. I plan, then I execute. We have the DNA of God. We plan, then we execute. We plan, then we execute. God did it. He did it. There must be a plan. Do you know that I find out something? I listened to a man of God preach. He said, he said, you're a wicked man. <laughs> if all the money that comes to your hand every time you spend it. He said, because, you know, he quoted the scripture and I found out that. He said, you should be able to at least minimum save 10%. You give 10% to God as your tithe. You know, whatever you want to do with the rest of 90, that's your, you know, you decide that. But he said, make sure that you put at least minimum 10% aside for yourself. Pay God, pay yourself. Before you start doing any other thing. And I said, okay, wait a minute here. Let's say you are, let's say you are earning $3,000 a month and you put aside 10% every month for yourself. That's $300. At the end of the year, how much will you have? That's the minimum. You can decide to save more than that. But it was Pastor Samadayemi. He said he used to struggle to pay his bills. He used to be broke. Like he would get paid and, uh, you know, as a pastor, he get paid. He said after the first week, by the second week of the month, he's broke. He has nothing left. Said he said he went to that meeting and the pastor preached. He said that scripture. It was as if Proverbs 21 20. He said it was, let's read it. He said it was as if uh, the man poured fire in his heart. But he said that day he made up his mind was going to, he was going to change it. He said the reason why you are broke is simply because you don't even have. You don't have the abundance mentality because when you say that at that time, you say you will find out that you will begin to attract money because every time you're thinking, you're not thinking you don't have anything. You're thinking you have something. So the thought of poverty or being broke 
is eliminated. And now you begin to attract abundance. You find out that beyond the salary, God is now bringing, opening other avenues, that money is coming into you. I'm like, this is good. He said, he now found out that the same amount salary was any, was what he was still any. It was just the discipline that, you know what, God, take your tithe, then I'll pay myself. And he said, before he knew it, within a short time, he had a hundred thousand naira in his account. It has never happened. <laughs> and from there, that was how he eliminated the thought of being broke. Proverbs 20, 20. You said 21, 20? 20. Proverbs 21, 20. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Mm. You see? He said a foolish man spends it up. Oh. Swallows it and wastes it. Mm-hmm. it, and waste it. Right. But precious oil is in the, in the house of here. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling. But... A foolish one, does what? Jesus is Lord. The Lord will help us. <laughs> I'm telling you. You see, and, and for, for those of us who are here and all that, sometimes, you know, it's not like you don't want to help people in back home and all that, but sometimes they put so much pressure on you that... No, yeah, you just... <laughs> you just they help... They, So that ten percent became hallowed. <laughs> Second, that it's, it's hard, but it's this. But I remember even the day I saw that scripture, I couldn't. I, I had to keep going back to and say, God, so you are saying that you're foolish, man. Because my wife only said, "I'm not the one saying you are foolish," but the Bible says it. And so, but every time I spend every penny uh-uh. I earn, I'm saying that I'm a foolish man. That's what the Bible says. That's so we now have to. Even you just look at yourself and say, "If I spend everything, God help us." You know, and that one also uh, led me. I know we're talking about something different, but you know, this is part of financial planning. You know, that that now led me to. You know, I began to look, and I sat down and said, "Okay, let me even look at how much money comes in, how much money is expended." I was shocked. When I look at it critically, I was like, ah! I notice maybe the children notice in the house now. I'm calling everybody. Yesterday, I negotiated. There was a bill that I negotiated. Guess what? Just by talking on the phone, I was able to cut that bill down by $85. It didn't take me five minutes on the phone. And that's $85 forever that I'll save on that bill. If I did not hear that and began to look for... So now what I'm looking for, I'm looking for a way to cut down on the outgoing. On any unnecessary... Because there are things we pay for that we don't even use. (laughs) Honestly. 
There are things we pay for that we don't use. For example, some of the some of the phone, you know, cell phone contract that you know some people have, you don't even need it because number one, you don't even. For example, you go to work Monday to Friday. For example, you are at work. In most places, you don't even receive call when you are at work. So the only time you're actually using the cell phone is at the weekend. For my son, when, when he got his phone, when he was old enough, I said, okay, you can get a phone. I found out that what I was paying was a lot. So what did I do? I canceled it. I got him a phone for three months. What I was paying for one month is what I, what I pay for three months. Now is good till March next year. So I'm not waking up, you know, I get money coming now. I'm thinking, oh, I have to. I'm not. His own bill is out of his for the next three months. So that's, that's just it. You have a phone in the office. You have a home phone cost about $10, $15. It's just the convenience of carrying a cell phone or maybe text messages and stuff like that. Other than that, I don't even have a cell phone. Because some of them, when you look at how much you pay, you pay 60-something, you calculate that over a year, you know how much that one is, it's $720. If you put that $720 aside, every year, in 10 years, guess what, you're going to have $7,200. If you put it in compound interest, you can imagine how much that would be. If it's compounded. It's going to be a lot of money. So somebody is going, sitting in their yacht in the Dominican Republic. And I am working so hard and I'm putting money in their pocket. They are not doing anything. Something must stop. Something must be changed. I remember when we were in London, we did a teaching. I did a teaching on financial empowerment. People started buying houses. People started buying houses. People started going to insurance. <laughs> no, I don't want this. It's only here that I'm not able to negotiate insurance because of the way it is in BC. When I was in London, every time I did my insurance, I was paying less. Why? Because I will go and I will shop. When, when before we left London, my wife's car insurance was about maybe 12 or 13 pounds a month. And once you have it like that, you pay for a whole year, you even pay less. So I, can, I pay car insurance upfront. Mine was like 23, I think my one was 23 or 24 pounds. And I was driving like that. On this one, I'm paying $158. So, I mean, these are some of the things. Praise God. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So, God had a plan. Noah. Also had a plan. Genesis 7 to 9. We're not going to read that. Um, he had a plan. Number 3, Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse uh, to, uh, to chapter 5. Nehemiah undertook a long-range plan to rebuild the broken wall of Jerusalem, which he completed in 52 days. Without a plan, he wouldn't have been able to complete it in 52 days. That thing would have taken him years. But they finished in 52 days. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. Nehemiah 6, 15 said the war was completed in 52 days. 6, 
Nehemiah 6, verse 15. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can read it. We're going to read 1 King 5, uh, 1 King 5, 2 and 3. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month, Elul, in 52 days. You see, 52 days was completed. Finished. Finished means finished. So uh, David, let's get David. 1 Kings 5, 2 to 3. First Kings five. First Kings five two to three. Yeah, don't worry about it. And Solomon said to him, "Say, you know how David, my father, could not build the house to the name of the Lord, because what they are about him and everything, until the Lord put his foot under his feet." So you can see God gave David a plan of how to build the, uh, the temple, the sanctuary, and what happened eventually. Solomon did it, but it was according to the pattern that God gave. Planning helps you to build according to pattern. Jesus emphasizes the importance of planning. We can read that Matthew seven twenty four to twenty seven, um, Luke fourteen twenty eight to thirty like we read, Luke fourteen thirty one to thirty two like we read, uh, Luke sixteen verse one to eight emphasizes the importance of planning. Quickly, um, let me quickly rush this one. So let's look at the practical steps to God inspired plan. Number one, set time aside to seek God. So let's set time aside. To seek God. I said that from the beginning. Please. Let's set time aside to seek God. Um, <clears throat> that is very, very vital. Esther 4 verse 16 said, We will fast. So they fasted. And he said, After they finished fasting, he said, I will go into the king. Why? Because I'm going to have a plan. You know. So the fasting is not just to. So when you are going, we've heard uh, Bishop Oedeko say this several times how. Whenever he is confronted with an issue and he needs an answer, he will go before the Lord, go on a three-day fast. Seek the face of God on concerning a particular issue. And he said, light will break out. And God will sort him out. So, it's important. Number two, empty yourself of any agenda. Sometimes we, we have a lot of idea of how things should be and all that. If you go with that, you will not be able to hear God. If you know how to do it, why are you asking God? If you go to Ezekiel chapter 14, there's a story there. Ezekiel 14, there's a story of the uh, Israelite elders. They went, God said to them, I guess said, whenever they come to me with an idol in their heart, they said, I will answer them according to the idol in their heart. I'm not going to tell them anything different. They already know, they already have what they want to do. Why are they asking me? Exodus, um, Ezekiel 14. God said, no, I will, ask, I will answer them based on what is in their heart. I'm not going to tell them what is on my mind, but what is in their heart. Number three. So it's important to empty yourself. Submit yourself to God. Uh, James 4, 13 to 16. 
let the Holy Spirit guide you. Romans 8.26 And number three, set time for thinking. Some of us, we don't think. It's important to set time aside for thinking. You can call it meditation. Meditation is thinking. A lot of people who are not even Christian, they do that. There are people who do it daily. You know, is he... Um, is this this guy who said that he... No, not even yoga. There's this guy who said that... Um, yeah, I know some people do yoga. There's this guy who said... He wake up very early in the morning. He has a chair just... And he will sit and watch the sunrise. That's how he thinks. He dedicates time to thinking. John Maxwell has a thinking chair, I think. I think John Maxwell, yeah, he does. Because when you are quiet within you, God begins to speak. Hallelujah. I was thinking today and God gave me one thing that I posted on, on Instagram today. He said, there is no comfort in your comfort zone. I was thinking. Then when that came. He said, there is no comfort in your comfort zone. <laughs> Break the mold. Break out of the mold. There's no comfort in your comfort zone. You'll become a local champion. Ah, uh-uh. it's the devil's lie. Eh? To make somebody have rage. Ah no. That came when I was thinking. Genesis twenty four sixty three said, Isaac went in the evening time to meditate, to think. So, I mean, meditation might be a little bit complex because, you know, a lot of people do other religion, you know, they do all that. Christianity is not a religion. But at least think. That, at least that's natural enough, you know. That's not super spiritual. Thinking. Think. Joshua 1 verse 8. Meditating on the word of God, midday and night. Write, number four, write down whatever instructions you gathered. Write it down. Number five, gather information on the instructions received. And here I want to talk about reading and studying. It's important to read. The area of challenge, the area that you think God is leading you, why don't you get resources in that area? Now I was telling... Uh, I was saying to you on this side, that I'm reading, uh, what I'm reading now is on church growth. Why? Because I want to know some things. I started a ministry, the church has to grow. This is all that I'm doing. I don't have anything else to do, so it must grow. Church is a living organism, it must grow. So I can learn from people who have gone ahead of me. What did they do? What didn't they do? You will learn from them, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you again. There will be some things we can learn. There will be something God will point at. Holy Spirit will point and say, look, look at this. This is what he did. When Bishop Edepo was good, looking at how will the church grow, how will God directed into David Yongicho. Because the increase that came, they wouldn't have been able to manage it without that cell church concept. So, it's good. Read and study. Learn from those who have done something similar. Learn from mentors. Learn from mentors. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Anyone there? 
I'll take the other one and then we'll be done. 22, Proverbs 15, 22. Hallelujah. Where there is no counsel, they are established. My own said they are established. Thank you. Number six, make a daily plan with your destination overview. Bible says there is time for everything. There is time for everything. Make a daily plan. Because every day you don't plan, like I said, it's wasted. We have seven days in a week. You waste one day, you only have six left. You waste two days, you only have five left. <laughs> you know? It's important. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. There is time and a purpose for everything on the earth. And lastly, number seven, bath your plans in prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, we thanksgiving make your request known unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed tonight. Can we just talk to the Lord in a minute as we take? Let's thank God. Because there's no comfort. Comfort. In a comfort zone. Let's thank God for the teaching tonight, for the word that He has sent to us. Why don't you ask him for the grace to, to press in, to set time aside? Whether it's an hour, 30 minutes a day, depending on our schedule, a day we can set apart. Even as a family, husband and wife can set time apart to say, you know, Lord, we don't want 2019 to just, you know, we thank you for what you did this year, but we don't want 2019 to just come like this year. Um, you know, without much, we want to make progress. We want, we want our lives to begin to take, we want, we want our life to begin to take shape. We want our destiny to begin to emerge. So, Lord, we thank you that we, from today we will no longer waste our time, but we'll begin to invest our time. We thank you, O Lord, for plans, 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 that you reveal your mind to us even in this season, as we take the communion tonight, Father, Lord, let our eyes be enlightened. Let our hearts be open in the name of Jesus. Let us hear you clearly in the name of Jesus. Let, O oh Lord, cause us to begin to put down supernatural ideas in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Father. We give you praise. That our life will never remain the same again. From tonight, oh Lord, we thank you. You will energize our faith in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.